Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with the Real Estate Redhead. Today, I kind of want to do some education for y'all. Um, I really want to talk about the steps of the home buying process because I feel like I get asked this question a lot or I have buyers that come to me that don't really understand the steps. And so I figured if I put it all together for you guys here, I can kind of explain a whole lot of the whole lot of the different steps and we can just kind of go in detail a little bit because it seems like a pretty straightforward thing. You just call the realtor, you guys go out shopping for a home and you buy the house. But unfortunately, it's not as straightforward as that. And you know, that's why it's really good to find a realtor that you trust. Um, And that would be really the first step of the process. You want to find somebody that you trust, somebody that you like, and there's no, there's no harm or foul in kind of sort of interviewing them. Um, you know, maybe calling them and just picking their brain, see how informative they are. And, you know, I really recommend doing the same with the lender as well. So not to get ahead of myself, but whenever you reach out to a a realtor, you know, they're going to ask you a few questions, you know, what are your goals? What's your timeline? Have you spoken to a lender already? Me personally, it's my goal to make sure that you're not feeling pressured. Um, you know, whenever it comes to speaking with a, with a lender, we have people that we trust and people that we've done business with in the past. And if you come to me and you're pre-qualified with a lender that I haven't heard the greatest things about, or I personally haven't had a good, you know, uh, closing with before, I will caution you and tell you that, but it's ultimately your decision. And so it's something that's important to me to, you know, convey to, to, you know, the future home buyers out there or the past home buyers out there that are listening. It's completely up to you to choose your lender. Um, you know, however, if you come to a realtor already pre-qualified, that's a great sign because that really says you're a serious home buyer, you're ready to go, um, and you know, you're ready to get started. However, if you're not pre-qualified yet, that's actually a good thing as well because there's a lot of lenders out there and some of them have your best interest and some of them don't. Um, a lot of lenders are commission-based just like realtors and they just want to get the closing over and done with. They just want to get you pre-approved for as much as possible so that they can make as much as possible when in reality they're not really looking out for your best interest. Um, I just had a closing that actually happened a few days ago and it barely, 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 y'all, barely made it there because a... uh, My clients were pre-approved with the lender before I met them. I had heard to be cautious of this lender, but I told them, you know, hey, y'all already pre-approved. That's fine. I'm going to give this girl a shot. Let's see how she does. And it was a total disaster. Um, I mean, she, she didn't, she, she just didn't do her job well. And so, you know, that, that happens sometimes and there's really no way to predict the future. However, you know, lean on your realtor, lean on them for their expertise, you can choose your lender. We can't choose them for you. We can give you three or four, you know, good people to call. And then from there, you can decide, you know, how you want to proceed with that. So really the first step, if you haven't found a lender already, is to, is to talk to a realtor. And then your realtor will get you in touch with the with a lender. The way I kind of see the roadmap is not really step, you know, step one, step two, step three. They're kind of like subcategories, kind of like, you know, whenever you're doing a a web map or something and you start here. Well, you start here at the first bubble and then depending on how you answer that question will depend on if you go to the left or the right. So there's really nothing wrong with getting pre-approved first or finding a realtor first. Um, it's just good to, it's good to lean into your realtor and ask them for their advice and their expertise because they do it every day 
and they've had good deals and they've had not so good deals. Um, and what I mean by that is they've had success and then they've had tough, you know, tough circumstances with, with some lenders. Um, and really the, the best way that I, you know, can kind of explain to you on how to pick your lender would be, you know, call the list of trusted people that your realtor gives you. If they call you back, if, if, they, if they can't answer and they call you back in a timely manner, if they text you and they say, hey, I'll get right back to you, I'm on the other line, or I'm in a meeting, I'll call you right back. Those are all good signs. If you call them and they don't get back to you for two or three days, do you want to deal with them throughout the closing process whenever you're really stressed and they're not returning your call? Probably not. Whenever you speak with them, are they allowing you to talk? Are they answering all of your questions in detail? Are they you know, making you feel validated and making you feel important? Everything that's important to you whenever you speak with someone and you feel like you can trust them is important whenever you speak with a lender. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, and some lenders that I have, they say, yeah, send them to me and let's see if we're a good fit. Not every personality is going to work with everyone. And so you want to make sure that whoever you're speaking with and whatever lender you're choosing to go with, you're really comfortable with. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not always about the rate. It's not always about, oh, well, how cheap can they get me to close or how good is my interest rate? In the long run, that's going to that's gonna be a small, small, minimal difference. You know, if we're talking an interest rate of 4.25 and 4.35, you're really not going to feel that much at all. So the most important thing is to make sure that you drive with the, with the lender, make sure you guys get along. And sometimes it might be the first person you call, you know, it might be the first person on the list. And, you know, the, the most important thing though, is to make sure that y'all guys, um, get along well and that y'all just work well together. You can get pre-approved with up to four lenders within 30 days. So if you're hot on the search and you're wanting to get pre-approved and, you know, you're wanting to get going, you can, you can choose up to four lenders to get pre-approved with within a 30-day window. And that's, a, that, that's at least the rules here in Texas that I've been told by multiple lenders. Um, so once you speak with a the lender, they're going to give you a pre-qualification letter. And what that is, is it says, you know, Susie Joe, she can go out and she can buy whatever house she wants within this price range. And it will, the, the letter will be dated and it will have, sometimes it will have an address on it. Most, most of the time it will have an address. Whenever you're out shopping for a home and you're, you know, looking at multiple houses and you find the one that you want, you know, you will always, you will already be pre-qualified and you'll call your lender and say, Hey, I found the one, send me a pre-qualification letter to me and my realtor. She's writing up the offer for me. And so at that point, we have to send in the pre-qualification letter to the listing agent so that that seller can say, okay, this buyer is pre-approved. I know that they're serious. In today's market, there are not sellers that are accepting offers if you're not pre-qualified already. That's why it's the mo- one of the most important steps to the process. Some realtors, depending on how they run their business, they won't even show you houses if you don't have a pre-qualification letter already. It just, it really just depends on the realtor. Me personally, I'll show you one or two houses and I'll get you, you know, get in front of you, talk to you, get to know you, and then send you over to a lender. Um, I think that it's important for you to see a lot of houses so that you don't just fall in love with the first one you see. If you do fall in love with the first one you see, let's at least go see two or three more just to, just to solidify that you really do love the first house that you saw. Um, but it, there's nothing worse and you're not, you're, you're not setting yourself up for success if you want to go look at 100 houses and never speak with a lender. You wouldn't go to the grocery store or you wouldn't go shopping if you didn't know how much money you had in your bank account and how much money you could spend. 
It's the same way whenever you go to buy a house. You have to know what your parameters are. And if you have certain financing conditions, you know, there's a lot of different loan programs out there. Some of them are, you know, federal loans. Some of them are, are, are just through a standard lender. And depending on how you're pre-qualified will depend on what type of house you can buy. If you, you know, if you want to buy a condo, that's completely different financing, a, a, a different type of, of loan product. It's just not one size fits all. There's a lot of different categories and there's a lot of different subcategories and everything else. So it's really good to speak with the lender and to get a good idea and understanding of what it is that you're wanting. And that way we can go and we can see as many houses as it takes for you to find the one. Um, But basically after you have found the one, you found the house that you love, the next step is gonna be the offer writing process. And there's a lot of steps in that contract. There's a lot of different, as you go through the contract, there's a lot of things that can be negotiated. Um, one of them is who's going to pay, who is going to pay for the title policy. Whenever you write an offer on a house, there's a title policy that's involved and that's, it's, that's on a house, it's on land, that's on a condo, really whatever you're, whatever you're purchasing, you want to get a title policy. And a lot of times that uh, policy can be negotiated, at least here in South Texas, depending on how strong you want your offer to be, you can ask the seller to pay for that. What that is, is it's basically insurance for the buyer, knowing that there's no outstanding debts on the house, that they didn't have a roof put on three years ago and then they, and the, the, they ran out on the contractor and they never paid the contractor. And they've taken a, you know, the contractor's taken a lien out against the house because they never paid him or something along those lines. You don't want any outstanding debts to be owed on the house because if you buy that and you don't know that those exist, you're inheriting those debts and then you're going to be responsible for them. So that's what the title policy does is it helps to protect you against any of that. And so typically um, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that can be negotiated in a contract. Another thing is going to be the survey. Whenever you buy a house, whenever you buy land, you're going to have a survey of the plot of land that you're buying. So it's going to say, you know, this, you know, this, this house on ABC street, the, the, the front of the, the front of the land is 50 feet wide and 125 feet deep. You know, this is, and it'll have a kind of like a drawing of how the house is laid out on the property, how the sidewalk is laid out. If there's any outbuildings, any storage buildings, anything like that, if there's a pool, it will all be on the survey. And sometimes that can be, um, sometimes a seller has that already. And then it's something you don't even have to worry about. But if the seller doesn't have that already, it has to be it has to be taken care of during the contract process. So you can decide, okay, well, I want to pay for that or I'm going to have the seller pay for that. And depending on your location and depending on how big the property is, you know, that's another that's another fee that you will have to discuss with your realtor on if you want to pay for that or if you want to ask your seller. If you love the house, like I've got a guy right now, he absolutely loves the house. He came in super strong on his offer. Because at the end of the day, if you're having to walk away from not being able to get, from not getting, from not having your offer accepted, are you going to be proud of the offer that you presented? Yes, this was my best and final. There's nothing else I could have done. You know, I'm okay that I didn't win because I put my best cards out there. But if you're lowballing the offer, if you're asking for them to pay for everything, don't ex- don't expect for your offer to get accepted. Because nine times out of ten it's just not going to happen. A lot of times they're just going to reject your offer or they're not even, they, they might counter with your offer, but you don't want to upset the seller on the, on the first, on on the first, you know, offer that you present. So that's something to keep in mind, you know, something to talk to your, talk to your realtor about and make sure that you have a good understanding of what this contract process is like. 
whenever you put in an offer, there's something called an option period. An option period makes up the first few days of the offer. They can be any t- any any period of time. You know, typically you wouldn't want it want it to exceed ten or fourteen days. And what you do during this time period is you get the house inspected. You pay for a third party inspector to come in and inspect the house. They're a non biased party. They come in, they inspect the house, and they give you a report saying, yes, this house, you know. I, I, I checked the AC, I checked the um, I checked the hot water heater, I checked, you know, the roof and, and a lot of the structural components of the house, and this is what I found. And then from there, during that period of time, you can go back to the seller and you can say, hey, they found these things and I would really like for you to address these. And the seller can get, the seller can say, okay, I'll address these, but I'm not going to address this, but I'll do this. And then you guys would negotiate and see um, what they're willing to do and what they're not. And then from there, once that's, once that process is out of the, out of the way, you're smooth sailing into the rest of the contract. But before you get to that point, the, the option period, what that does, you also want to get your insurance quotes at that time too. And you pay $10 a day for whatever the, um, for however long this option period is going to be. Typically, if it's 10 days, you're going to pay 100 bucks. If it's seven days, you're probably still going to pay 100 bucks. If it's five days, you're probably still going to pay 100 bucks. You want it to be, you want, you want them to, you want the seller to see how serious of a buyer you are. If you're wanting a 14 day option period and, you know, your the other the other aspect of that option period and getting the contract accepted is your earnest money that shows how interested you are in the house typically the earnest money is one percent of the sales price so if the house is two hundred thousand dollars your your earnest money is two thousand and you can kind of look at it as kind of like a down payment so the way that that um the way that that money gets taken is it gets taken off as a credit at the end, whenever you go to closing, it will be taken away from the amount of money you have to bring to the table. Um, and so that's your earnest money. Your earnest and your option money, they go hand in hand. They are due within three days of that contract being accepted. So if you put in your offer on April 1st, the timeline starts the next day on April 2nd. So you would want to have all of your um, your option and earnest money turned into the title office no later than the 5th by 5 p.m. And so that gets you in the door, that starts the contract process. And after that, you know, like I said, you do that inspection, you're going to call your insurance company that your realtor will give you, you know, some, some good contacts, you'll call your current insurance carrier, whoever that is, get a few quotes. And really, it's, it's a due diligence process. It's a due diligence time period. You do your due diligence as a buyer to check all of the boxes you're concerned about. Get every inspection that you want to get done, whether it be mold, termites, home, whatever. You're going to get the you're going to get the whole house inspected to make sure that once you're out of that option period that you're confident going in through the next. During that option period is also your unrestricted right to terminate the contract. So if you just wake up one day and you're like, "You know what? I'm not feeling it." You can you can terminate the contract. After this time period is over, it's a lot harder to get out of the get out of the purchase process. So, after your option period is over, you can kind of sit back and relax a little bit. Your lender will probably be still asking you for documents. They're going to be going through something called underwriting, where the um, main lender will look over everything and make sure that everything balances out, make sure that they have all of the documents that they requested. And during this time, they're also going to order the appraisal. So that's like the last and final step. It's one of the first things that's done after you get out of your option period. And it's really 
a big deal when it comes to financing. If you're paying cash for the property, you probably won't be ordering an appraisal, but an appraisal is typically required with any kind of loan transaction on a home. And so that's typically ordered right after the option period is over. You pay for that out of pocket or the lender will, will collect for the for that at closing. And that um, appraisal will be ordered typically within 10 days. The, the, appraisal, the, the appraiser will typically go out there, hopefully, within 10 or 14 days of it being ordered. And then it will typically be received within about a week after that. And what that appraisal does is it takes the market value of the houses in the area, typically a half mile or a mile radius, you know, and it's going to be everything that is that is sold in the last, you know, three to six months that is of the same like or kind as the house you're buying. So if the house you're buying is on a concrete slab, it's three bedrooms, two baths, you know, it's brick or, you know, stucco, your, the appraiser is going to be looking for houses that fit that same criteria, that fit that same type and build and everything within, that have sold within the last three to six months that are within the, the, you know, a half a mile to a mile away from the house you're buying. And that's what an appraiser does. They take an estimate of the value. They say, this is what the house has. This is what it doesn't have. This is how it compares to the other houses in the neighborhood. And because it compares so well to these other homes that have sold, they put a price on that based upon what is sold and what this house has. And so it's, it's the best estimate of value. And as a buyer and as a seller and as the lender, if you're buying that house for 200000 you want that appraisal to come back right on the dot at 200000 And if it doesn't, if it comes back at 195, then you can go back to the seller and say, hey, this house didn't appraise. I, and, and what that means is if the house doesn't appraise, that you're buying it for more than it's worth. So the market says, the appraiser says it's worth 195 and seller, you're asking 200 for it. I'm not going to pay more than what the market says it's worth. Seller says, seller can, can say a lot of things. Okay, well, I'm just going to go down to 195 That's fine. Or I'm going to meet you halfway. Or I know that there's another buyer out there, so if you're not willing to pay it, I'm going to go find someone who is. The seller can make a lot of decisions at that point. And so it's really you, uh, your realtor's job, both, both, the, both the listing agent and the buying agent job to go back and forth between, between each other to come up with a resolution. And if there isn't one that can be met, then you have the ability to back out of the contract because the home did not appraise. There's something called in Texas. There's something called a third finance, uh, third party financing addendum, and in that in that document it says that if the house does not appraise for the purchase price, that the seller, I mean, that the buyer has the ability to back out of the contract, and you have within um, three days of receipt to be able to back out of the contract. And that third party financing addendum also says that if you cannot get lender approval within X number of days, you can also back out of the contract. So on that third financing party, on that third party financing addendum, it says, you know, it ha- you have to, the, the realtor has to put in the values that your lender has given you. So if they say, you know, you are pre-approved for X number of dollars at a 4% interest rate for 30 years, and their origination fee is to not exceed 1% of the loan for 30 years. That's typically how you would fill that document out. If the numbers come back from the lender and they don't match what's on that addendum and what's on the contract, then you have the ability to back out and you have 21 days from the executed date of the contract to be able to do so. 
So as a as a buyer, you have a few ways. You have a few you have a few outs. As a seller, you don't really have many at all. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. You don't want to be in breach of contract. Um, and you know you've got to remember too, a contract is a legal binding document, and you can be sued if you don't comply. Um, and so it's really important to not mess around. Um, and to you know be sure that you're serious whenever you're whenever you're um, approaching this home buying process. Um, but once the appraisal comes back, everything is good to go. You know, hopefully that's what will happen. That's usually what happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And then you you will negotiate, like I said. And then typically it takes about a week, week and a half, sometimes maybe three or four days. And you go to the closing table and you go and you sign for the, for the house and you sign your life away <laughs> and then you get the keys. So, you know, it can be a daunting process. It can be a very overwhelming process. And there's a lot of moving parts. That's why it's really important to trust your realtor. If your realtor tells you something, it's good to heed their advice because they do this every day. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and go around your realtor as a, as a buyer, your realtor is your, is your, um, they're your representation. You know, they, they are doing everything for you. So you need to respect that. Um, you know, I've had buyers that will go straight to the listing agent. Whenever I, I've had a buyer, to, I, I've told a buyer, hey, uh, your closings, I mean, um, your showings are scheduled for today. I haven't been able to get in touch with the, uh, with the listing agent on X house. Uh, but as soon as I do, I will schedule it. That buyer has called the listing agent and has tried scheduling the, the appointment and gone around me. Don't do that. Let your, let your realtor work for you. Um, something else, you know, if you are a certain type of pre-qualified buyer and you know, you're, you're using a federally backed loan program, like an FHA loan or a, a VA loan that's better, that's federally backed by the government. Some sellers choose not to, um, work with buyers that are, that are, that are using those types of loan programs because they're, they have a little bit more of a strict appraisal process and a little bit more of a strict, they kind of, the appraiser kind of comes in and inspects the house and makes sure that a lot of things are working like the appliances, the AC, the hot water heater, that the house is in really sound condition. And if for whatever reason it doesn't meet their criteria, the lender will work, will require repairs. And so some sellers choose not to work with buyers that are pre-approved that way because they understand that their house probably needs a little bit of work and they're not willing to, to really budge on that and do any lender required repairs. If you're a buyer that is not uh, pre, that is only pre-approved for one of these federally backed programs, don't go around your realtor and try and find a way to be able to buy a house or a foreclosure or whatever on a house that needs repair whenever it's not going to fit. You need to trust your realtor and you need to trust the process. And I speak from experience. You know, I've had buyers before that have not, you know, listened to what I said. And then ultimately down the line, it's not, it doesn't end up paying off. So you just, you just want to be careful. Um, you know, we're here to protect you. We're here to help you. Um, same with your lender, you know, lean on us. We're the, we're, we're the trusted experts. Um, and you know, you will really have a great 
closing process if you, you know, can lean on us to guide you through it. Um, so let me know if y'all guys have any questions about any of this. Um, I know that I covered a lot and I might've talked a little bit fast, but I kind of, I nerd out with stuff like this and I do my best to, to help. And so, um, I'm always an open book. I'm happy to answer any questions. And if you guys are ready to get started with your home buying process, I have a lot of good lenders that I trust. And so pick my brain, even if you're a year out, call me, I'll go over all of the, the what ifs with you. And, um, I would love to be able to help you. So, um, my number to reach me is 361-463-1837. And you can find me on social media at the real estate redhead. Um, if you tuned into today's episode, um, and you're watching on YouTube, please drop a link, uh, drop a com- uh, comment in the, the comments below. Let me know that you, um, you know, that you said that you said, Hey, today. Um, and then as well, if you'd like to give me a text and just reach out and let me know that you tuned in today, I would love that. Um, but you guys have a great day and thanks for tuning in.